Okay, everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff. I'm editor of the Transcript, along with Eric Mokaya, who's our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the Transcript yesterday, and it was the first week of earnings season. So a lot of good stuff in there. This week's issue, I should mention, is for paying subscribers only. Since it is the beginning of earnings season, when a lot of new stuff comes across, we wanted to reward our paying subscribers by giving them a chance to have a, a first look at all of the stuff that we got this week. So there was a lot of good stuff, but we wanted to make sure the podcast was still open to all of our subs. So welcome to everyone, both paid and free today. Anyways, what we saw in the in the earnings calls were continuation of the themes that we've been seeing for the last several weeks or months. The economy is still doing really, really well, very strong, high demand. One of the things that we picked up was just confirmation from some of the industrial companies that supply chain bottlenecks are likely to persist through this year into next year. Taiwan Semi said into 2022 that there'll be semiconductor shortages. And so that being one of the major drivers of the inflation that we're seeing, I don't know what the definition of transitory is, but it's looking like this, this may be with us for a little bit longer than people are expecting. Any comment, Eric? I agree. I think what you see is a bit of a little bit of discrepancy between the what the regulators see and what the companies are seeing. So I think JP Morgan and Fastenal are quick to point out that they think it's not that transitory. But I guess by transitory they mean a short while, which would mean like less than a year or so. But I think the Federal Reserve Chair and the US Sec- Treasury Secretary disagree and say like this is just medium term and then it will be back to normal levels. I would tend at this point to having read that maybe be a little bit biased but having read a lot of the earnings calls that we've read so far i tend to see like a lot of the ceos are actually seeing that a lot of inflation as you say like supply chain bottlenecks causing them to rethink prices across products so i mean i would tend to agree more with the ceos than with the federal reserve at this point in time what do you think yourself yeah i mean we've talked about this a lot of times inflationary periods tend to be transitory i think Monetary policy is is historically and probably right now a major driver of inflation. So when you have QE going on and printing, you know, huge amounts of money and injecting it into the economy, price levels are going to go up. As long as the QE policies persist, I think we're going to have above above trend inflation here. There's an anecdote that's really just blown my mind this week that I noticed in Los Angeles on Redfin. There was a house that last year sold. It was a total teardown at the time. But the lot was sold for three and a half million dollars. And the person who bought it just tore the house down, flattened the lot, leveled the lot, put nothing else up and relisted the house for four and a half million dollars. And then I noticed it sold for four point nine million dollars. So over the course of a year, somebody bought bought a piece of property in L.A., just tore down the house, like took value away from the property and then sold it at a one and a half million dollar gain. That's the type of stuff that's going on in housing markets around the U.S. That's really insane. Uh, One other thing in the macro section that we picked up that we should probably talk about is the Delta variant. In L.A. especially right now, there's been a pickup in infections, and, and that could have an impact on how freely people are going to restaurants and traveling and gathering groups, at least for some period of time. From what statistic I looked at today is that the U.S., uh, around 67% of the people in the U.S., uh, above 18, have received uh, vaccination, the first dose at least. 
The seven-day average cases is the highest now. It's been since May 20th. And the seven-day average hospitalizations is the highest it's been since June 5th. So it also like mirrors what is happening, especially in Southeast Asia, in Indonesia, and a little bit in India, where the Delta variant is more uh, prevalent. So I think it, it places a little bit of worry at the back of your mind. Like I think a resurgence would actually cause us to rethink a lot of what you've been speaking about, like moving back to normal a little bit. So, I mean, I agree with you. The Delta variant, I could sense, especially in the CEO earnings calls, that there are a couple of people who mentioned it and they're a little bit worried about how that impacts uh, growth and uh, going forward. The good thing at least was from Delta Airlines uh, who noted that at least that so far it hasn't impacted their 60 to 90 day demand on travel. So that gives you a little bit of hope. Uh, not so bad after all. Or what do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. A lot of times when you have these big events, you end up having aftershocks after them psychological aftershocks. I had actually expected that at some point in the next five years, we'll have like a pandemic too. It's probably not nearly as bad as COVID, but everybody will freak out and the stock market will sell off by like 10 to 15%. But yeah, I mean, this may be one of the aftershocks here. This was uh, Bank's earnings week. So I don't think we can uh, close the podcast without having to talk a little bit about the banks. I think the major thing is that most of them, they're really doing well, uh, mostly maybe because they're releasing reserves a lot. Um, I think one of the quotes we had there was Wells Fargo releasing around 1.6 billion worth of allowances for credit losses. And then net charges are very low. The PNC said it's the lowest since 2007, which is a pretty striking kind of comparison level, pre-financial crisis levels in terms of net charges. Any thoughts, especially on banks and maybe what you see in terms of corporate confidence, back to work? Uh, I think one thing that I saw was actually JP Morgan talking about how they were well overcapitalized. And that's the number one thing that they're focusing on with the Federal Reserve is, is getting them to allow them to increase their leverage, which really shows that we finally moved past the financial crisis if that happens, which is yeah. what, 13 years later, <laughs> just a short, <laughs> short period of time. And it, it took is. one pandemic to finally take our minds off of bank financial stability. Come to think of it, when PNC says that their comparison in terms of net charges is 2007, it kind of takes you like we are back to pre-financial crisis. So it's 13 years and now we are back to there. So it's a yeah. pretty interesting. Strong words also a lot from the CEOs of banks. They really want people back in their office. You, I mean, it was BlackRock who said that we, there's no substitute for face-to-face -face meetings and they want to hear directly from people about investment challenges, opportunities, and what lies ahead. Morgan Stanley were the same. They put out strong statements last month, just before the the blackout period, saying that they want people back in their office. But I think they tried to tone down a little bit in earnings calls when uh, the analysts asked them, like, okay, can you clarify? But I think like they really, really still do want people back in their office. Yeah, the craziest thing about the banks wanting their workers back in the office, I feel like banking and deal-making generally is one area of the economy that's like, 3x more efficient on Zoom than in person. If you're fundraising, being able to just line up Zoom calls back to back to back is so much more efficient than flying to a city, going from office building to office building. It's, it's interesting that banks are among the most vocal about getting people back into the office. 
for that yeah, that's that's striking the pandemic has made them more efficient but surprisingly they still want people to be back in the office and talking to each other and i mean it's it's striking as you say hopefully i mean i don't think they changed their minds from what i can tell they're pretty bent on having people especially before september now back in the office as much as possible so i think that's a key takeaway and so I mean, being here for the earning Q2 earning season and keep noting a few more points as we go forward. So do you have anything else to add or do we close there? Yeah, I don't think so. I think that's a good place to end today. All right. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We have a lot of content and we'll keep having a lot of content, especially for our paid subscribers. Uh, we want them to enjoy as much of our top quality quotes as we go into the earning season. So sign up and do send us your comments to admin at theweeklytranscript.com. We're also on Twitter at the transcript underscore. We should note that we have a lot of quotes which we do not uh, include in the final piece for the week. So we, if you want a quote or two about something, you can always reach us on email and we could have something on every kind of company that is out there. So, so that's something to know that we can add value to you. So thank you for joining us this week. So see you next week.